Hi, this is Ken Scott, and you're listening to Fab Four Free For All. And welcome, everyone, to another edition of the Fab Four Free For All. I'm Tony Chaguarda, your moderator for today. I am being joined, as always, by my two partners in crime, Mr. Rob Leonard. Hi, how you doing? And Mr. Mitch Axelrod. Hello! I've been doing this because Rob did it. Oh, my God. I took the lead of Rob. Very nice. As well you should. I did. And I want to tell you that today's episode. No, actually, I want to tell you. I want to tell you that uh, in today's episode, we are going to be. uh, In Japan. Doing our. Yes, we're going to be in Japan. And we're going to be doing. what we refer to as, I guess, our sort of analysis R&A. and review albums. No, we review do and R. We do a- right R and A review and analysis uh, things, and we're going to be looking at a unique, interesting album that came out in 1992, and uh, it was called Live in Japan. It is a George Harrison live album documenting, I guess, what we would say. I would certainly say was the unexpected 1991 brief tour. That George was talked into doing by his dear friend and fellow husband-in-law, Eric Clapton. Say, and wife uh, clicking. <laughs> and, <laughs> and wife stealing friend. Sorry, Eric. We love you. Eric I Clapton. Don't. And Eric basically yeah, sort of talked George. George had just come off of the success of the second Wilburys album, Traveling yeah. Wilburys Volume 3. Ha ha. And um, I guess in a way was was riding high emotionally, and I think only Eric Clapton, George's dear friend, could have gotten him. But he also needs some money. Well, that's true too. Yeah. He, uh, right. George, you mean? George needs some money. Dennis, Dennis O'Brien, O'Brien. O'Brien. Yeah. O'Brien. Yeah. his yeah. former partner, handmade films, handmade films, right? right. To let everybody know there had been a handmade films lawsuit. Uh, they found out that maybe Dennis was taking money he shouldn't have taken, which eventually was proven in court. Of course, Dennis didn't have the money to pay him back. Uh, not that George was poor. No. Uh, he might probably need some cash, though. Well, he yes, exactly. There was a lot of money of George's that was probably tied up. Right. And once you start getting into all kinds of lawsuits, what ends up happening is that money that you had had tied up as an investment ends up literally being hung up and frozen within the court systems until things can be sorted through. So you're right. George probably needed the bread a little bit. But I think only Eric Clapton could have talked George into going back on the road after George had had that <clears throat> debacle of a tour in 1974. That is, I think that was more of his mindset of, you know what, I stunk on this tour whether I want to admit it or not, and maybe I want to go try, back. And, I want to try, and, and the Japanese people love the Beatles. The Beatles had an oh, yeah. absolute great relationship with the people in Japan, and I think that was a, you know, it was a win-win. Well, also, it's, it's with, easy to tour Japan. Right. Yeah. It's also... It's win-win for the Beatles because, or for George, because he's with someone else's band. He doesn't have to do anything, right? Really, except to, learn right. his own parts. He didn't have to hire anyone. Nothing. He didn't have to put a band together. He didn't have to find an MD to put charts together. Right. Eric was able to basically sort of, I guess you'd say, lay this out for him in a way that you know, it was Layla sort of an offer out for him. Oh, in a way that Sorry. he could make him an offer that he couldn't refuse. Right. Put it that way. And thank goodness he didn't refuse. Right, because I mean, these shows were well received, but if you run the gamut, because there's been bootlegs on almost every one of these shows, and I think it started in early December, December first, and went on through maybe I think the seventeenth. If you yeah. think about it, it's a very short tour, yes. No, well, 
It's, you know, know, it's only barely a even a tour. Well, yeah. well, think about it, though. He's in one country, though. Yes. And right. for one country, it's a long tour. If you think about it. Yes. For one yeah. country. Yeah, well, he's hit, he hits all of the major cities. It's, in it's, Japan, yeah. In Japan. I, I so mean, it's like wild. I mean, it's like when Paul does his little on-the-run things. It's actually longer than Paul's on the run things. Yeah. Paul does maybe eight, ten shows. George did like 12 or 15 shows. You know, don't forget he did multiple nights in certain venues. Right. And it's the equivalent of doing, you know, a, another group doing like a concentrated run of here in America of like the Northeast, you know, in a way. Right. I sort mean, of like Paul's you know, on the run tour, which right, he did. Right, exactly, exactly. Well, but, like uh, if, you know, for what we heard about the Stones in 2013, it's not going to be a big tour. They might do a week or two at the at the garden, right? Exactly, and multiple nights. Yeah, it's gonna be something day. like that, or a couple yeah. of weeks. And in I one mean, other place. It, it turns out to be his last ever tour, and his really his last ever solo album prior to his death. I mean, think right. about it; it's it's right. kind of odd. You know, it's like ten years prior to his death. Yes. Um. Yeah. So no one could have imagined it would be his last tour or last album, but and it's not his last performance live. Well, he did a benefit concert in April of 92. Right. Uh, without also, Eric Clapton, without Eric but Clapton. with Eric Clapton's band. Yes. Yeah. And Which, also yeah. then the final thing was, or at least for the United States, uh, was at the concert for Bob. The Bob, the the Bob, Bob Fest, Fest yeah. yeah. Which he did. 30th anniversary. Yeah. 30th anniversary. Yeah. 30th anniversary yeah. So he didn't October, do much yeah. after this. And thank goodness he did this and, and relented to Eric because at least we have George Harrison in all of his splendor doing his whole catalog, Beatles yes. and Solo, which... I think is good. I mean, obviously, I'm not going to give away what I think of the album, right? Because I do have different feel, mixed feelings about this album. I'm going to go over the the yeah. album in detail. We'll go over sort of track by track, hit quick thoughts on them, and um, then give our our overview of the album. Well, can we just do one thing? Spend sure. two minutes, and I mean two minutes, mm -hmm. on the cover because we did have some thoughts. Yes, on we it. did. We talked about the cover, and it's really it. funny. But when you look at how it looks as a printout. From a page on the internet, it's different. It's much more distinct than than this. What you had was you had a cover that was black, that was then put into a jewel case, that was then put into shrink wrap, right? Which was that was like put up on a rack, right? So it's reflective upon reflective upon reflective, and yep. then put in a record store with fluorescent lighting, and it was black, and, and it was black, and all you saw when you looked up was a rack with a little tiny yellow strip and a little tiny red strip with what looked like Japanese writing on it. And you could barely see that underneath all of that is a silhouette of George Harrison in black, shiny emboss over black. Yeah, so it's odd. You sort of so, tilted at the light the right, right. way. Yes. Which yeah. I wish, honestly, I wish they would have just put the picture of him in one of the, the book of him playing. That would have been a yes. perfect, you know. Oh my God. The inside booklet shot would have been a an absolutely gorgeous Any cover. of them. Any of the shots inside. Of course, the booklet photos are too small, as many booklet photos are. That's right, but that was that mean, one. Yeah, I mean, a, there's a great shot of a red tinted George in the, in the remastered booklet. Yes, because it did come out remastered later. Which well, they didn't would, remaster the booklet. They remastered. That, uh, no, they actually anyway, did no, a different I, booklet. I'm Thank no, you. I'm kidding. But honestly, uh, anything other than this, because as we talked about, and I don't want to spend too much time. There were a lot of bootlegs on this, and the bootlegs came out right away before this one did. So when they were, as you said. When, and I don't want to steal your thunder, but when, when someone came into a record store wanting the George Harrison live, if they saw the bootleg and they saw the official release, they bought the bootleg because they didn't know what the official release was. Yeah, the, the, you know, if you hadn't seen an ad, you didn't know it was coming out. What happened was people were coming into stores that carried both the bootlegs and the official record. 
And they were buying the bootleg because the bootleg had a clearly a cover shot of George Harrison and Eric Clapton. All right. the bootlegs went out of their way to Most show exactly what Others it was. Had George Alone. Yeah, or George Alone. And people were coming in and buying the bootleg. When the album came out, the album undersold, partly because no one knew that that's what it was. Well, that's that was very, part of it. But I also know, think this goes back to Gontrapo. Well, George sort of just puts the album out, didn't do any promotion for oh, it. He, right. did a, he did an interview special, yeah, up but, close, I believe. There was one with, where was, he talked. Was it one? Yeah, okay, there then, was one where he talked. At least that's more it. than Gone Tropo, but he didn't do a lot of promotion on this. You know, and also, the, I think there was a contractual thing about using Eric Clapton's name on the album in a, more than a certain Yes, there, there probably was, and, sure. But the thing sure. was, uh, he was signed to Warner Brothers, with Eric, Eric Clapton, so, yes. and George was on Well, Warner it does. Brothers, his yeah. name is not on the yeah. cover. Well, no, it's on no. this one, it is. Where? On the side. Going downward? Well, no, it's, it's no, not I'm talking about one. Eric Clapton. Yeah, it says here, George Harrison live in Japan with Eric Clapton and band. Oh, yeah, you know what? You know what? Sorry, it's, it's it looks in, like Japanese writing. It does, it does look like Japanese writing. That's really funny. I, I, time, I never I've noticed I've never it. noticed that at all. With Eric Clapton. And How funny. That. Yeah, but that's not wow. the way to promote it. No, you're right. And, and that's it should have been. I didn't even notice that until just, just now. now. Yeah, and that was, I think, a mistake because a lot of people would go in and they would just see a black cover. Like I'm thinking, yeah. Spinal Tap. Yeah, right. You don't know what it yeah. is or Smell Prince's the glove. Black album. You know what I mean? George Harrison's so, Smell the Glove. Go ahead. Hold that. So that was the first mistake. What that was, was the first mistake. mistake. I okay. know. Yeah. Let's go through the tracks. Let's yes. go through now. The, the The album is released with the songs, if I'm not mistaken, in order as they're played. Yes. The only thing that is missing is that midway through the show, there is a set. Of Eric Clapton's of Eric material. Four Pretending, Four Old Love, Badge, and Wonderful Tonight. Right. Right. Now, Badge, again, because co-written by George Harrison. But George so, did not come on the stage for that. No. That but, made absolutely no sense. No, right. Which is very bizarre. But Badge was a uh, Harrison co-writer. I have a lot to say about that, so by that's, the way. So that's after. very, very nice. But let's go through, and we'll toss in a thought, and then, you know... Uh, yeah, we the, can go through. We don't have to go through every well, single... Let's, yeah, I, I, give I, the I, tracks. Like, I'll, I'll no, go no, no. through them as go we go. Go through them. Yeah. Okay. The show opens with, and the album opens with, uh, I Want to Tell You. Um, now, wait. Just what you just said there. I'm sorry, but I have to comment on this, and go I ahead. said it prior. Yeah. Perfect album opener, meaning perfect show opener. He uh-huh. comes out, you know, I could picture it just like Ringo does with now, with it don't come easy here. Right. Which is perfect. And then I could see him walking on stage, right. people going nuts. But George himself messes this up for me. Why? Because the song, I'm sorry, it's been ingrained in our brain for 30 years prior to this. It's I want to tell you. I want to He does tell it right. It's very distinct. Yes. When he sings it here, it's I want to tell you. It right. doesn't have the same oomph for me. No, it absolutely doesn't. I'm sorry. And, and truthfully, I'll tell you where I'm going, and it's, it, this will be I'm a repetitive, the, repetitive theme I'm throughout the show. Right. No, it's okay. Right. But to me, the whole show, and part of it is, I'll say it straight out, I loathe the production of this album. Me too. I hate it. It was produced to be the audio soundtrack to a video. When you are listening to the album, you are expecting to be seeing visual because it's produced, and I'll go into more detail as we go, I but I, I hate the production. My, my, my thing about it is, is that we're so used to having live albums being fixed, and there's not a lot of fixes on but this record. It's not a matter of fix. I'm glad that's, on that's, that. I'm glad on that. The, this album has no balls. Well, the drums, anywhere. The drums mix, are nothing. The, the mix, drums are nothing. And I hate to say it. But the mix is horrible. The mix even is on horrific. the remaster. Even the, the mix is horrific. 
Did you notice also, too, there's a change in the lyrics, and I want to tell you, where he says something to the effect of, it isn't me, it's just my mind. Yeah, well, uh, instead of, change, it's he, only me, it's not my mind. There were several you know lyric changes. Yes, several but lyric I changes. give that to him, just, he's nervous, he's on stage for the first time. But and, that's a conscious change. Okay. That I one think. is, and, that's and, and a it conscious changes change. the song around. And it changes the meaning of the song around. But also, the first, but, you know what, like you said, it doesn't have balls. To when, me, when, that, when you hear, even that, well, that should be big. Oh, yeah. But also... Even when the first drum beat comes in, no, don't forget about that. It just comes off so cheap. It's limp. It's limp. And also, too, you know what? The big thing that is missing from the band, and it hardly happens throughout this whole friggin' show, was Ringo. No, I mean, look, man, he's a. This is a great band. No, this band is. But there's one thing that's missing. First of all, the band is too good. That's okay because you're getting into like LA slickness. That's right. the problem. And also too, there's no percussion. No. Because that da 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 that needed a a big tambourine. Well, Ray Cooper flare. is the percussion. Ray guy. Cooper's it, but he's down in the mix. He's That's gone. Part of That's part he's of gone. So all right, so it starts with I want to mm. tell you. Any other thoughts on that? I love well, that song. I love that song. I do too. I, it's a good I opener do too. and it's the first of a couple of songs where it starts to change the lyrics, but I don't mind this time. It's not like um, in the 74 tour. Well, yeah. Where it, it well, sounded it about forced. God. Yeah, yeah, and God and just something the way we move it. You know? no, I yeah. think this way, this, this tour, he just let it be. I hate him. I'm sorry I said that. But he just let the songs be what they are, except for a couple of little right. changes. Right, when, yeah. when he made the changes, they were They're dramatic, they were dramatic yeah, they, they and were, intentional, yeah. and, and, but not, as you very well put, Rob, not forced. Yeah, they I always thought forced. that in the 74, he was almost like yeah. challenging his audience totally. to hate him. Yeah. And the audience yeah. proved that they would go that with him on go. that. <laughs> but see, that, that he was still George Harrison, the Beatle, and it was four years after the Beatles. Right. This is a sort of a hi, I'm back sort of a uh, tour. Hi, I'm back, and by the way, I'm George Harrison, and, and I'm my... a Wilbury. Yeah. And but, but I also, if you think didn't about it, any Wilburys. If you no. think about it, also, we didn't mention this, Ringo and Paul had toured separately in 89. And right. maybe George is saying, besides the fact that he needs some uh, cash, that maybe I should go out there too. Yeah, maybe. it was part of the whole court process, maybe because if you think about it, why shouldn't he go out? He does a lot of Beatles songs on this tour. The only, t- you know, and I, and I like it, but you know, there's a lot of solo stuff he missed too. Well, that is true in a way. That's a very, very valid point, Rob, because it's George taking back his side of the Beatles' legacy. Right. Yeah. Everybody else. You're did absolutely it. right. Yeah. Paul had gone back Three very heavily prior. to especially featuring Beatle material. Great point. That's yeah. really well done. Um, and Ringo, for the first time, goes out in 89. Now, right. here's where, to me, some of the bad things start to happen. Old Brown Shoe. Well, Old Brown Shoe is nice. I, I love it. It's, now, let's not even get into the audience. It, it's very reserved. They're actually down in the mix. I wish it was a little higher just to give it a little more excitement. Sorry, but I know they didn't. Well, even that's that. weird because it comes in with the, <sighs> at the end of the right. song, that goes, <gasps> right. and drops off. In the, it, well, whatever, strange. but you know what? Old Brown Shoe is a great, great song. I love it. And George, I, I hate to say it, the first two songs, George is like almost phoning it in. Yeah, his nerves. You could hear yeah, the, the nerves. nerves. And I'm going to blame it on the yep, nerves. You can he hear does, the nerves. by the time he gets to the, you know, to the first side, the end of disc one, he is better. And I, and I honestly, I'm going to tell you this flat out. I think he's much more comfortable with Eric Clapton off the stage. But that's, I think my, you're right. that's my own personal yeah. opinion. Yeah. So Old Brown Shoe... I think, like you said, the L.A. slickness, that shows up here. I mean, it's way too much. And I got to be honest also, even, and I want to tell you, on this album, you can't, because there's Andy Fairweather Low, 
there's George Harrison, and there's yeah. Eric Clapton. When does ha- George Harrison play a, a solo? solo? You don't know. I don't know if it's either. I mean, I know when it's Eric. But yeah, like I want to that. tell you, I think it's George doing the first one, and then Eric comes in with his, woo, 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 yeah. and I'm sorry, but it really, if Eric was going to be on this tour, do your four songs when you're slotted, but shut up. But that's that wasn't Eric's choice. That wasn't know. Eric's decision. From what I've read, I from what I read, George wanted another guitar player. But that's Andy Fairweather Lowe. Right, right. And he did just, a, I think George I think, was much more confident on stage doing the 92 show when Eric wasn't there, because... George did a lot of those solos. That's true. But on this Very one, true. he's look. You know, he does his little ding, 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 whatever he does. But then again, he had been on stage, and I understand in that. But the, but then Eric comes in blistering with these. But you know, solos I I, didn't like I it. can only go by the fact I don't think, and this is just me. I don't think Eric's too egotistical in no, a way. I don't. And I think when Eric's on stage, like there's always the talk when Eric's on stage with Jeff Beck, there was always a lot of complaining that why the hell is Eric being so docile? And the reason is because Eric would step away and say, you know what? There's a better guitar player on stage. I'm going to let him play more. Are you saying that he didn't think and George was a better guitar player? I'm saying maybe Eric thought George was a better guitar player, oh, but I, I think George thought that. Eric was he, a better he, guitar maybe. player. But we're talking about the Eric Clapton band of 1991. Absolutely. Think about if we do an alternate universe. We don't have Clapton. We have Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Because mm. they had just back still in a few years earlier. Right. They would have played... I think a better sound to George's acousticness. I think you're absolutely and the right. slickness that this band has. It's a talented band. Yes, but they're just. Too but slick. they just also came off a tour. They were they were gelling, and Paul yeah, and George but, had to get used to playing with these guys who had been playing for a while. But they were also backing vocals on Old oh, Brown oh, Shoe. Oh, oh this way is where too I was going to go. Oh my God, that to me is the hell that is this live album. Yes, is those backing vocals. A lot of backing vocals. It's just too much. Absolutely. Especially in Old Brown Shoe, to not even be singing the real backing vocal yeah, line at up. the end. They make something up, and whether, I don't know if it was George trying to be a little revisionist or trying to be, but it, it just comes off, it's so Vegas. It but, just makes Well, I don't think it comes off Vegas. Vegas. I, think, I think George, you know, he changed a bunch of arrangements just slightly, and-, and Old Brown Shoe is one of those songs. They you made it longer, the solos. They did, yeah. Yeah, but I don't yeah. think he changed the arrangement. I think he just added it just, to where well, it I like it. Well, it feels different. Yeah, well, yeah, it has a different I don't mind it. It's still I, grooves. Yeah, I think... Because a, a good song is a good song. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, next. I'm going to go... I'm going to add the same thing. It's Taxman. You know, I love that you hear the original. I love, I love yes. the added lyrics. I love the added lyric. I love the count-in. Yep. Well, they use the Beatle count-in. Yes, they use the Beatle count-in. You actually hear the recording of the Beatle count-in in the background. Right. Not loud enough for me. No, it's it, but in a way done to give you the feeling that it is live. That's oh, what the I, audience I, right. was hearing, which is kind of cool. Again, there is no grit anywhere in Taxman. No, the whole thing slick. about Taxman on Revolver is... From the very first notes, <clears throat> there's grit. There's something in your teeth and while that song's playing. Too. And yeah. anger. This is not. This is there's no slick. grit. The band is mechanical through the whole thing. Yeah. Now, again, it's it's a nice solo, but it's nice. It's just too, It's the whole thing's just too nice. Well, it and sounds then, like it could have been a, a record. It's too sweet. Right. And then, but you do get the added lyric, which I like. I like that. I like that he... Well, you had to think about those. Yeah. Because you're yeah. doing Mr. Bush, you know. Yeah. So, and, and Mr. the GAT. And right. Uh, so it's, it's, I like it. I don't mind that at all. I find that really cool. Like I he did does too. in Piggies later. But yeah. Uh, so I, I agree with the slickness of it, but I like I, the fact that he added all that extra stuff and it's a much longer song now. 
Yeah. I liked that. I thought it was very cool. Yeah, and two solos. Yeah. Instead yeah. of one. Well, I right, think right. you had to give. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. We go into Give Me Love. This is where I think the album sounds nice This to me. is where I really think that the record has some, some strengths. What yeah. I decided I'm going to do is I'm going to make a one-disc version of this, <laughs> seriously, for me, that I would actually play. And to me, Give Me Love would probably be the opener on it. It's uh, a pretty version. Well, I think George I think. actually comes into his own because now it's not slickness, it's acoustic, and George is playing yeah. acoustic. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. him playing. Definitely, and, and, and I like that. And on the record itself, on the original album, on uh, Living in the Material World, it's a cleanly mixed song. Yeah. It's a pretty song and with, this song with is straight I, arrangement. I like also know. the fact that, if I'm not mistaken, I think Eric is off stage for this one. Oh, I don't know. I, I, he says there's no indication. That's one of the bad things about this. They never tell you when he's playing or yeah, not. Yeah, there's no, no I know details. he was off for like four acoustic songs, four songs. Really? I, yeah, I if I'm not sure. mistaken, he did come off the stage for a couple, but maybe I'm wrong. You can, I've been wrong before. But we can go back and, not yeah. to be funny, we'll go back and watch one of the bootleg videos. Because you don't hear, in Old Brown Chew, Eric does the backing vocals, you know, if I grow up, I'll be a singer. Right. right. On this, it's, it's the girls. Who are doing yeah. the backing vocals, yeah. and even at the end, you know, won't you please? Oh, it's the girl yes. who's doing it. Yeah. It's not. It's and, definitely not Eric. So it, I have a feeling he wasn't on stage. And again, a lot of it is about the mixing. A lot again, of it is about the it's, fact it's that a, a, you know the girls are up too high, way too high. But recorded that and mixed by John Harris. I mean, but that hmm. may be the problem. I mean, maybe George didn't think his his voice was strong enough. Well, there are parts of this album where they're not. Well, that's that's my other. But thing. you know, the thing about it is, even if they're not, the whole thing about post production is, it's not about fixing or or sweetening. There are no overdubs on this. There's no cleaning up or no, sweetening. No, it's very, or what it's very, it's very, very much as you would have heard it actually in the right. arena. And George never goes off. He doesn't go off pitch. He doesn't nope. go off. He's just. And it sounds like he's being a little lazy. He's being a little lazy, or he's being I, a little you know reserved. What it sounds like it sounds like. You remember when Paul came around in 89 and he could hit notes like, yeah. oh, maybe I'm amazed. And well, I don't think he's he cheated any, them But then later on, he was able to because he got more, warmed up. More, warmed well, up, warmed up and, and more confident. His, but also the, his vocal cords got stronger. I think if yeah. George had done a second tour, like there, was a, there was talk that he was going to do the U.S. Yeah. Well, if you listen After to the this, April 92 show, the benefit show, he does all of these right. and much stronger. Right. To me, that show is quintessential. And again, not as slick because Eric's not there. Yeah. I'm yeah. sorry, but it's the same band. Is it? Is it also with Mike Campbell though? Mike Campbell, I believe, is there yeah, too. Yeah, so it's Mike Campbell. Guitars. And there's your Tom Petty influence, yeah. right? So there. let's keep going. The okay. next song for me. So the next song is "If I Needed Someone." The now, low light of this album for me. That's my funny. my Dylan. He Dylanizes this song horribly. He sounds like he's on speed, like Popeye George <laughs> singing this. The girls are again too up in the mix. Too yes. up. And you don't hear George. I mean, and especially in the beginning, you know, if I need, he just sounds so, he doesn't phrase it well like he, like he really messes up the phrasing on Here Comes the Sun later. But, right. But I mean, this one, to me, one of my favorite all-time Beatles songs, and he just doesn't do it for me on this album. Now, here's what's funny for me. I, I agree with you in a lot of ways, mm. but the funny part of it is it's a Dylanish vocal. But the, like the new arrangement, it is kind of rearranged. It's a reworking. Very slick, though. Again, but, Eric's doing his... Yeah. You know, but my mm. feeling is, it's the only Beatles song performed live on this album where if you took it out of context 
and you had made it a single at that time, 91, it mm-hmm. might have actually done something. I disagree, sorry. I, I felt. I feel like it's it actually... had to be a stronger vocal mix by George. Stronger vocal and a different mix to yeah. be a single. I think you don't know if it's George Harrison or a karaoke or, bra- band. Or a karaoke band. But if you, sorry. Think, if you think about the, the Tokyo shows, the Beatles did 66. When George did If I Needed Someone. It was horrible. He, he didn't seem to care either. Then. No, so maybe, he didn't, yeah. but... but there might have been other influences there. Yeah, but it's it's kind of interesting. That uh, I'm not, I, I don't mind. I, I like one of the things I do like about this record was that some of the arrangements are they're close, but they're not perfect. And I like that because you know sometimes it's it's too perfect. This isn't now if we the mix and the backing band yet something else. But I like the fact that there are intros that aren't there or they go on longer than the original right. recordings. Right. So. Continuing in the Beatle vein. Well, this is a perfect example. The beginning of something. That's sort George. Of, yeah, it's definitely George, but it's also. Strained. It's longer to me. It's, you oh, know, yes. Yeah, yes. That, well, yeah, that. that type of thing where yeah. you'd say, okay, I, those chord changes I know, but I'm not really sure. I think yeah. that's the. Uh, honestly, that I nice. think that's to build up the anticipation Absolutely. of the song. That's right. Because exactly if it you is. did. Do, 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 boom. Right. You would know right away what right. it is. But in order to do, he gave them a little bit of George playing. Which I yes. like. George Harrison which, on yeah. guitar, which you didn't get much on this, at least I don't think. Yeah. And, unless acoustic and strumming. And, and, and no offense to George, but this you get George playing, obviously. Right. I like it. And I he like builds up much. to this beautiful buildup. I thought yeah. it was That's, a great open. It's a wonderful, wonderful yeah. open. For me, I'm going to go back to the idea the vocals come in a little bit strained. Yep. He doesn't have confidence in the vocal, and I'm back to this idea. The backing vocals annoy the crap I out cannot of me do on this. Something in the way. Uh, and, it's like, oh, stop. And it's just, you know. It's, that's Vegas to me. And, the guita- and he does totally. say Jack. He does, so he he does, does the, the Jack. He does he the does Vegas. The, the Sinatra, you know. Sinatra. You know um, that was cute. But, but he says it, it with cute. a smile again. Yeah. It's, it's not like no, a challenge. No, he does. But also, yeah. I like the fact when the only thing that's good about this song is the vocal part on You're Asking Me. He's hitting the notes now. Yes. And uh, to me, this has always been an emotional song. We talked about it when we said, you know, the concert for George, where, where Paul, it's emotional when they do this with Eric. Well, him and Eric doing this now, it yeah. is still emotional to poignant. me. It is very poignant yeah, to me. Definitely. I mean, uh, the way he hits those notes, you know, I don't know. He's doing yes. it. And you know, it's like, I think he's yeah. having fun on this song. I think so, too. I, but still, being blunt, I can't get past the backing vocalist. No, I, I just can't get past it. It's too much. Uh, to me, to I, you me, know what I did uh, when I the first couple of songs. I, I guess I just sort of blended them out in my when I was listening. Maybe. Why? Well, yeah. I, I think I lose. I it's, think when I'm listening to this album, I lose the backing vocals a little later on. But when they sing that Vegas something to, in the way oh. in, in between, I'm, I'm yeah. thinking to myself, "Oh, come Shoot on!" Me now. You know, you it's wish just... you, if you if you had something like on your mixer, like a rock band version. Of uh, this album, and you could take out the backing yes, vocals. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Pull out the yeah, backing you vocals. You rip it easy, I think. I think the thing for me is that I, I go through it, and on a lot of this album, there are aspects of it where I love the ingredients, but I, I don't really like the cake when it was done. No, you're right. But, um, all right, more, more on George Harrison live in Japan and the Little Rascals when we come back from this break on Fab Four Free For All. Hi, everyone. Just wanted to let you know that besides Fab Four Free For All, each of the three of us are involved in our own individual projects. Mitch Axelrod's two books, Beetle Tunes, the only book about the cartoon Beetle show, and Little Billy and Baseball Bob can be found through all of your good booksellers online, including Amazon.com, or if you'd like autographed copies, contact Mitch on Facebook. 
And my buddy Rob Leonard has a great Beatles show that he's been doing for 20 years called Beatles Songs, and it's on every Friday night from 8 p.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And you can listen to it online. It's streaming at www.ncc.edu slash WHPC. And also look for it on TuneIn.com. And Tony Truquardo is the host of 4F, free format for free, on WCWP 88.1 on Long Island. He's on every Monday from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern Time. And also at www.wcwp.org. Also available on TuneIn.com. And we're back on Fab Four Free For All. We're looking at the George Harrison Live in Japan album. I'm going to just stop you right here. Go ahead. I'm going to say that like somewhere in between, like if I needed someone and something, on December 1st, he did uh, Fish on the Sand and Love Comes to Everyone, which he, he only did Fish on the Sand the next night. He dropped Love Comes to Everyone. He, he didn't feel it was working. And obviously, he didn't feel that Fish on the Sand was working, which I, uh, I wish it would have been kept in there instead of maybe even Cheer Down or whatever. But we'll get into that. But he kept something from Cloud Nine on being the title song. And Love Comes to Everyone being a song that actually, when it comes to so George Harrison and Eric Clapton, right. that Clapton would later himself do a cover of yeah, Love so Comes I to Everyone. I mean, he, he must play the intro only on Love yes. Comes to Everyone. But you do hear, uh, there is a bootleg of it where you feel like maybe it's strained and not working. Right. So, yeah. Fish on the Sand was a little better. But just so we note that somewhere in the beginning of the tour, he did those two songs. And they were in the, not. In the top right, of the. They're not included yeah. on the. Well, that's album. one of the things about this album. You, you wish, like, Blow Away was in there. Of well, course. we're not going to get into what album. he could have no, done. No, but I'm just saying. That's yeah. his whole solo canon. I know, but there's a, there's a lot of He didn't do Crackerbox Palace, no, but he did no. cheat he didn't down. Do, he didn't do All Things Must Pass. Oh, God, right. That's I mean, oh my goodness, know. but he did yeah. isn't in a pity. Right. So go ahead. Cool. Yeah. Okay, uh, next track we pick up at What Is Life. To me, again, no balls. No balls. I mean, no balls, but no balls. come on. But the album starts, to me, starts changing a little bit at this point. The change of direction, yes. George gets stronger. He gets stronger, and but I think also it's like he's gotten rid of the... The Beatles stuff out of the way. Now it's my stuff. And now it's my my show. But, yeah. But again, That's true. to me, just like I want to tell you, instead of, down, it's, and instead of, because when you hear it on the radio and this comes on, oh, you, you go, yay, what is life is playing? Yeah. But this is like, like almost like on a Casio synthesizer. My summary of it were two words. I just wrote. and fat. I know I wrote totally uninteresting. Yes, you're right. It is completely uninteresting. George is fine. But he's only fine. No, on it's this. it's not so George I, on this. No, it's, it's not George. It's, but it's just it's George. I wish you wouldn't deserved ballsy, a little more balls. Okay, and maybe that's the mix. Maybe it did come off with balls. Absolutely, in the venue. In the venue, maybe that it did. But on the on the mix of the production, I have no problem with it. But I know what you guys are talking. Okay. Um, next one is a favorite of mine on the album. Me too. Is Dark Horse again? Hello, acoustic, acoustic. George doing it, and this is how. You know, we've heard the demos. Yes. This is how it should have sounded, sounded in 74. 74. Exactly. And he does sound very much like 74. Yep. Meaning very much. his voice didn't change much. And I like this version I a lot. I do too. This I is where the it. band underplays. Yes. And you know what? It's George. It's pure yeah. George. It's the band. Pure is smoky. Funky 
They've yep. got a really, really nice downbeat nice feel on this. Really nice it's, groove. It's almost like George is making up from 74, right? Right, right here. there. Yep. And feeling the most yep. confident. He's the, saying, if you were here in 74 and you remember this, sorry. Well, this is what sorry. it's supposed to sound like. <laughs> right. This is what it's supposed to sound like. You know, the backing is, the, I'm even okay with the backing vocalists on this one. Well, they, they're, they're, they're not as up in the mix as right. they could have been. My only comment would be the, the ending's a little uneventful. It's kind of just like, I'm a dark horse, dumb. <laughs> you know, there's yeah, no but how do you end that Exactly, song? but but again, no, I think you do stand out. That's fine. Yeah, and, and but for me, a it stands out. You know, yeah, totally a standout. I love um, it. Now we jump to George beatalizing a bit and Dylanizing just a little here. Piggies is done live. I like this. I, I like Piggies. like it very, very, very. I much. like the added the an extra. extra uh, you know, well, the original original verse. the riff goes. Four times instead of two. Yes. Yes. So. yes. The, the riff duplicates. There's the added verse. Again. There is an added verse here and uh, a very clever one and, and funny one. Yep. And I do totally agree. As Mitch was saying, this is something where you audibly hear George enjoying himself on stage. I think so. Which to me is, is so well, cool. Because it's such a humorous song to yes. begin with. Yes. And, and the social commentary of yes. the whole song. And it's fun. And the band are obviously the having fun have, with yeah, it. I mean, they're all doing the sounds of the pigs. Yeah. And yeah. This one I could see Ray Cooper having fun with in the back. Totally. I mean, totally. unfortunately, you, you know, we don't have a video of this and I wish we did. Right. I mean, we do. An official video. Right. Sorry. An official video. But, you know, th there's been hints that this is, the whole album's going to come out as a video, the whole show. But please, I would love that. But anyway, keep going. And we've gotten some tracks on the remastered. We got like yes. four from this yeah. show live. But this is just very fun. I love yeah. it. It's very enjoyable. Yeah, you know, like I said, the, the show starts getting, it takes a different... Takes the turn. It, the turn is takes here. The turn. And it's interesting yeah. that all the songs are knocking are Beatles songs. Yeah. Basically, for the most part. Well, think about that. I'm glad you brought that up. Think about it. He may not have been as confident in the Beatles songs, so that's why we're knocking them because they're not as good. He vocally doesn't do it. But you know what? On all of his songs, he's much better vocally. I'm yeah. not saying it right. was a conscious thing. He may have been just you know subconsciously you yeah, know, because the girls, running through the Beatles because you gotta do the Beatles. Well, you're running through the Beatles, but you're letting the girls take the place of what of bothers Paul. me too is you have men on stage who are capable of singing backup. Yeah, but not really, Eric. Not well. Eric can and and well, he did I, it on Chuck Lavelle and Andy Chuck Fairweather Lavelle, Low. Andy Fairweather Low could do backing vocals too. But anyway, next has got my mind set on you. Interesting choice. I know why yeah, he did it. Right. Well, but also single. no balls. That I, the drums, no mm, balls at all. No, but, I'm but, sorry. But George puts on a. But they were electric drums. They're electronic drums. Yeah, I know. On the album. But so. they're really up in the mix. They're electronic yeah, drums. On the, but, they're, but, but the drums mm, are what started the, yeah. the, the whole I mean? origin of this song was Jim Keltner drumming, and then they all joined in and they went, hey, doesn't that sound like Got My Mind Set On You? Right. And then they ended up saying, right. yes, it does. Let's do it. Got My Mind Set right. On You. Yeah, but and for the origins of a percussion thing, and then they don't really get the percussion up in the mix here. It's no, like, it's sorry. True. And again, I... I find the backing vocals passable on this, but I really enjoyed listening to George's vocal on I just this. don't know he's, when he's doing the solos. Yes. That's annoying as hell. I that really, is tough. I mean, sometimes you do because they sound amateurish compared to the, the also, guy on the side there well in a way. But I yeah. also think that George, if he's in, he in the middle, do them. if in the middle or in the beginning, it would be him. But if it was while he was singing, he wouldn't do a, a, right. a solo. But you can tell right. he's doing it on Old Brown Shoe. Yeah, that's true. true. And that's not bad. I mean, I like hearing George do his own stuff. Go ahead. 
Um, Cloud Nine is the next track. I think the band has a set of cojones on this one. I think once again the backing vocals annoy the living bejesus out of me. It's but the title I, it's track. Uh, of the, I, it's the title track of George's. They really they play on this, though. Yeah, but they do the same thing as they do with something when they do the little in between. Well, you know what it is. Again, let's. I hate to go back to this. It's George asking Paul if he can echo the, right. the lead vocal and with then the guitar now part. Now the backing vocals are you doing know, the same hey, thing. Hey, Jude, and I'll make it. Sorry, don't do that. But they do it here. But here's George saying, "Oh, you know what might be fun? Why don't we have the backing vocal?" Vocalists echo every one of my and lines. And somewhere Paul's giving the thumbs up. It's it's his, it's absolutely yeah, right. god awful. Uh, yeah, know, it is. I'm sorry, but um, because that song is ballsy and they just yeah. But I, I do like the way the band plays it. I do too. It, I think it's the nature of the song. Yeah, the song is a very ballsy song. It, it's a it, blues, it, but man. it also leads because of the way the chord setup is, it's very basic chord progression that you could fill it in with some of the playing that's played because right. it doesn't right. match the album version or the right. the regular recorded version. I like it. Right. I, right. I was very happy with it. I, I like the fact that they expanded on that. Now, here comes the sun, comes next. I think George's vocal is kind of nice. He's playing with it a little bit, but I think it's a nice vocal, and I think the big, bigger arrangement of this is fairly pretty, and I do kind of like this. I don't and like the way he dilanizes it. Sorry. Okay. He Dylanized, here okay. comes the sun. And he actually does sound like Dylan there. Here comes the sun. But in, in 92, he didn't do that. In 92, he actually did the regular version of it. So it sounded like the Beatle version. Here, he, he I'm sorry, I just didn't like it. Yeah, I think he's playing with it. I, think I know he's playing liberties. with it, but you know what? He yeah. does take the liberty, it, it, and it's his prerogative to do so. But as a fan of the song, which is such an iconic song, especially for George Harrison, I think he Dylanized it too much. It. It's I almost like he was tired of playing. I wasn't it. Mo- bothered by the Dylanization. It was. I thought it was interesting that he didn't go back to the concert for Bangladesh, where it was just him and acoustically. Yeah, but it would have been nice maybe to have him and Eric just, just do oh, what he and yeah. Pete Ham did. Yeah, and but wow. you, know, you know, just have Clapton play with uh, George. Wouldn't that have been wow. awesome? And then, because it's really not a moment like that, where wow. there's just the two of them. Playing. With just the spotlight on the yeah. two of them. Good job, Rob. I would have liked oh. that too. That, and that's the song to do it on. All right, here we go. <laughs> 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 Time change. Okay. My Sweet Lord comes in. And this is for me, the aside from the fact, again, the mix. Where mm-hmm. is Ray Cooper? Percussion. Percussion, 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 percussion. But anyway, George's vocal is a big wow on this. It's, I it's love the best. I think I it's the best it. on the album. It is. The, I love. Other than maybe "Roll Over Beethoven," which is not his song. Listening to George riff on this at the end, the names Old of the gods. chanting the names and, of the and Lord. Here you the know, background vocals work, and here the backing because vocals because that's what work. it's meant to be. Listen to <laughs> the concept of Bangladesh. Yes, I, right. Yes, I agree with there that. The only thing that's missing is percussion, percussion, percussion uh, in the mix. Yeah, that's true. Any other thoughts? But I, but I like I just, it. I agree with you. I uh, think. It, I think it's. I don't know if it's a highlight of the album, but I think it's one of the highlights. Definitely. And also, it's. Who was a topic George wanted to sing about? That's the other thing. This you know, is this is the only song on the on the album that is direct to God, and he's finally talking to God in this song. So maybe he's looking up and singing instead of looking at the audience and singing. That's true. It's the only divinity. It's the only song divinity on the record, direct yeah. divinity direct, song. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's very true. All those years ago, Odd comes choice. in here. Odd choice. It was, odd choice. No, it was, it was a, a hit single. Yeah. I know it was, it was a hit single, and maybe it was his. Oh, you, John. A, a weird choice for George because right. the history of the song. That's right, and I'm going to be blunt on all counts and say it was never a favorite of you mine. You've not as been a song. subtle all day. No, I haven't. But but it's, this song was never a favorite of mine of George's. I know. You in any way, something? shape, or form. 
I think the, you know they duplicate the '80s ish solo with the sound on the solo, and I think the song sounded dated in 1982. It sounds even more dated in 1991. 81. No, I'm saying it sounded oh, oh, it sounded oh. dated a year after it oh, came yeah. out. It sounds even more um, dated 11 years after it I, came I out. I just think this might have been his nod to John. It might have been like Paul but, does here today. That's all George could yeah, do. But you know, it it comes off. When I mean, you I know it was a hit. Really. Single. And then the problem is it made me think about the song too much, and I started saying, you know, it's not even really a sensible tribute to John, really, when you listen to it. I just never liked the song. From the moment it came out, there I just never liked it. There could have been never. things he put in place of this yes. that could have been a lot more exciting. Yeah. So. You know, it's one of his biggest hits, so I, mean, I have yeah. no problem with not that. Not by choice of him, though. Well, that's, you know, that's <laughs> something else. Um, the Beatle video, come on. Yeah, well, that's... <laughs> I know what we, it is. We, we, we enjoyed it. Uh, uh, yes, oh, I loved it, but... I wasn't bothered by this choice of uh, all those years ago. I was not... I mean, it's, it's a different choice from him, because that's not what I would expect from him. Right. Because... I don't know who picked it. Maybe Eric did. Maybe they wanted to play it, because Eric wanted to do a nod to John and, and figured... You know what? Let's give a nod to your old band other than the songs. Right. right. Maybe they both did. And, or like a, you said, maybe, maybe it's the idea of, hey, you know what, George, you've had a couple of really huge hit singles. Because you got to remember, we're talking yeah, about he's George out with Clapton. Right. Clapton's the guy who says, well, you know, you can't come to an Eric Clapton show and not hear Layla. The audience right. won't accept it. Mm-hmm. Well, George, you know, you've always had more hit Clapton, singles. Exactly. You know what, though? I would have loved it if you played Don't Bother Me. All right. Right, Sorry. exactly. Or, or uh, I, I need you. Uh, uh, don't anyway. even go there. Go ahead. All right. Uh, Cheer Down comes up Odd choice last. for me. But again- No, you know, it's not. No, it's not. To me, Think it about, is. Uh, it, it was the the weapon new... would have been out- Right. And maybe it was his old right. nod to the Wilburys because it was with Tom Petty. Yeah, and, and it, uh, Rob is right. It actually is one of the last studio recordings that George had done. Right. Can I also point? maybe say it was a, um, a chance for George to- Show his slide chops. Yeah. Yep. A chance for George to show his slide chops. Because didn't hear a lot of it considering. No. Right. Considering and Andy Fairweather Lowe did a lot of the slide yeah. in, on the album. Yeah. It's a less iconic song than a lot of the other stuff, which meant he could relax a little bit on it. Also, I thought- It's a nice vocal. I thought the performance, it was, to me, the, one of the best performances of the whole show. I didn't like the mix though either. And well, no, the whole mix, either. yeah, that's Yeah, all the whole thing. album. But I also liked that he had a sense of humor. He left of the intro. This is from- uh, the movie South Pacific. So, yeah. yeah, that was fun. You know, that's yeah. funny. Well, that's yeah. that's George having a bit of fun. And right. I like that. That, that was the humor fun. In it. You Especially know. since the rest of the album is Thank You. This one's called, yeah. you know. Well, he never really talks a lot on no. this. Other no. than, you know, this yeah. one's Taxman. Thank yeah, you. So I, I thought the performance on it was very good. Now, the next one for me, I think George's vocal is smoking on this. I thought it was a fun Weird choice from the Very last weird studio choice. album. It wasn't a hit. Maybe just a favorite. Maybe just the fact that you were taking out the Jeff Lynn aspect, production the Jeff Lynn it, yeah. production of it, and you were stripping it down to a rock and roll song. You don't have the. They try it with the synthesizer. Yeah, That's the yeah. synth doing the. Yeah, 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 at the end. But it's subtle. I'm sorry, what was that? Nice reworking. The vocals are absolutely. Smoking on this version. Yeah, Devil's, I, I, Radio. Devil's Radio, weird choice because it wasn't a hit, but at the same time, promoting his last, you know, studio album. Four, yeah. four years ago. Yeah. yeah. But also, yeah. I think again, here we go, George is comfortable with it because it wasn't a hit, so people aren't going to expect him to be iconic with it yeah. like a Beatles song, right. so you know what, I'm doing what I want on it. I'm going to do what right. I want to do, and, and I'm going to do a cool version of a song I like to play, and it comes off relaxed and exciting. Yeah. And I think it leads... 
perfect until the next song. Isn't it a pity? Oh my, you know. Which is very lovely When I was it. listening back to the album, you know, because when I play on my Beatles show, you play a song at a time. So I haven't right. listened to the album in a while. I forgot, I wasn't looking at the song listing, and all of a sudden you hear the open of Isn't It a Pity? And I said, oh my God, this is such, even though it was a B-side, and yeah. people know it, obviously it's on All Things Must Pass, but it's such a different choice. It's seven minutes long, it's a little bit plotting, but it just fit perfectly at this point yeah. in the show. I would like to have seen this at the show. There's something about the fact of this You wish song. You wish this was in the first half me. of the show, yeah. Maybe. if anything. I mean, I was just talking about perfect placement, but I think in the beginning of the show, maybe it would have helped him a little more. I, I got to yeah. tell you, this song has always been very emotional. It's a very, it's an emotional vocal, the way he sings it, even live. It's rocky just, start. He gets to a rocky start yes, with it. Yes, he does, but, he but once it kicks in, it. Yeah. I mean, and by the end, it's just, yeah. he's caught his chops and that's it. And it's probably just as long as the original. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, six yeah. minutes and 33 seconds on the album, and, and the original's what, seven, seven. minutes? Seven, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's, wow, but it, I didn't mind. No, I didn't at no, all. I, th I, thought very it was very, I was very impressed with the vocal, and especially since some of the other songs, his voice is... Not there. He, right. Well, he's not carrying the note out full. Right. Yeah. That's well, that's also note. smoking. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Sadly, you're right. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's also, again, in 66, when he was trying to do If I Needed Someone... And he's trying to, yeah. <laughs> you see him coughing on some yeah. of the, because yeah. that's smoking. smoking. Sorry. I mean, you know, not the deep breath. <laughs> Next track, and probably the closer of the show before the encore, is While My Guitar Gently Weeps. Now, again, I, I hate saying this, especially about this particular song, but I cannot get past the backing vocals. I cannot hear whatever they wop shubity boo bop or whatever you know the hell what? they're singing. I want to just go back to whoever either <laughs> mixed it or sang them. it and just smack them. Well, you know, if you think about the Prince's Trust concert that George did yeah. with yeah. Ringo and Clapton's on stage and they yeah. had the nice duet, that was a great version of Bingo. the song. On right. this, with the backing vocals, it's I'm like, too where do they come from? Where they, it's it's too slick. Oh my god! And, and and I hate to say this because you could say that okay, George has the right to do what he wishes. It's disrespectful. It's really disrespectful I don't, to but, a but, song that has. But who did such it? Heart George could have told them, depth. "I don't like that. Stop it. It's my song." Right. Yeah. Yeah. But he didn't. But, disrespectful. I think is the wrong yeah, word. Yeah, I, I agree. But it's at the same time, compromising. Compromising is a much better word because to go. me. You know, and George obviously is a musical director, or at least approves the, the arrangements. Right. Had to. Why is he one of these, the vocalists so high in the mix and just changing everything about it? Changing the whole feel yeah. of the song, of one of the most iconic of his songs. Yeah. Again, and for me. Course, you know, the history with Clapton playing on it. Yeah. You would expect it to, to me, to me, have a better performance. I right. love the extension right. of it. You know, it's yeah, seven minutes too. long. Yeah, I like I that. Two, I, straight I, four, I love, four at the end. Yeah. When, we do, I, right. when we do it live, we do that version And I now. do love, four, four. you can tell George and Eric are going back and forth. Right. You and to that. me, I wish I was in that audience yeah, too, watching it because it comes off better than on the album. Oh, yeah. But I just, yeah. you know what? For me, I don't mind. It's I know why he did it as the show closer. I enjoy it. Now, for me, this album is full of a lot of peaks and valleys ebbs and flows uh, in terms of my enjoyment factor of it. I don't enjoy the beginning of the album. I love the middle of it. And then it, the album to me crashes and burns at the end well. as a CD <laughs> for me, uh, because the, the version of roll over Beethoven, I just think is, is laughably Vegas. I can't stand it. I cannot stand it. And it's one of those, why did you have to do this? And I wish he would have done the Beatle version. I hate to say it. He does back. the, he I'm, does the, 
That's my notes. Why not strip back? Why he not? does the Chuck Berry version, tries to. He does the Chuck Berry version, but my God, it's Vegas. It's just so... You know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of, and I can't remember the title. Well, it's a review. Hail, hail, rock and roll? No, it reminded me of one of the Apple Jam songs. Maybe. Because one of them was based on Roll Over Beethoven. I can't remember it right now because right. it's the most popular record I listen to. But right. I really of wish... Georgia's. But it was a... It was a sped up, it was almost like another band was playing it, especially after you heard the rest of the album, and here they're just goosing it up, where yeah. it wasn't yeah. the version you heard on a Hollywood Bowl, it wasn't even the version you heard in, on a Star Club. You know, when they did the benefit in 92, and I keep referring to that, at least you could accept it was more glitzy because they had a lot of people joining them on stage for that. Ringo comes on stage, and all right, you could, you could see it being more of a review type thing, right. but here... Th- they don't have anybody else joining them except Danny, I think, a yes. couple. And honestly, I think if he would have just done the ballsy Beatle version, yeah, yeah. which we all know, instead right. of doing the Chuck well, Berry you know sort of as, version, as the it would have worked. I'm if not the just, band's coming back out, have half the band stay the hell off the stage. Well, I don't think this is George doing the opening. No, but still. No, but I mean, if you would have had George by himself in a spotlight at the end, going, he did it for years and years and years. He can do it, even if it was Eric. Did I don't think it's him doing the opening of this song. And what gets me is, you know, George is capable of doing stuff like that still because he did it in the friggin' did not this song, but in the Carl Perkins special, you know that that fifty stuff is still embedded in his head. I know you saw him doing through love and all that stuff. I honestly, Tony, I think. That this was him saying, okay, it's the end. We're going to showcase everybody in the band. Yeah. And Ugh. instead of him saying, let's meet the band. Yeah. Chuck well, now Lavelle. you know what? Yeah, right. Yeah, Chuck well. yeah. And this one. And, and, and it just, it got to me to, Ugh. it's four minutes and 45. It should have been the 2.30. Yep. It should have been, Vegas. but I understand why he did it. It's the end song. It's, it's, it's the encore. He, that was always the last song for the Beatles. No, right. it was the first song in Washington. Oh, Washington. But, you know, another, well, I, I take that back. It wasn't the last song right. for the Beatles. I right. Take right. Back, but they played it live. And, and it was great live, though. Yeah. And kicking. Kicking. It was so yeah. kicking, and it doesn't kick here. Sorry. Maybe no. it's the production. Yeah. Maybe we don't know. Maybe in the, in the venue, maybe it was the best thing in the damn thing. Oh, no. I don't know. Oh, no. Well, let's, let's review again. We're not reviewing the tour. We're not reviewing no. the material. We're not reviewing George Harrison, you know, per se. Just the production but of this album. let's do a review. Album. Let's quickly get a number from the guys of George Harrison live in Japan. The mix is what bothers me. And I want to give it an eight on this because I, I like the fact that he didn't go back and fix sweeten sweeten and like other people make do. it perfect right. on live album. Right. He could have actually it, went back and recorded vocals. Right. And he really didn't. No, he didn't. Well, he so, didn't care to. That's George. So, but the mix bothers me. But he was the producer. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, or I should say, Spike and Nelson Wilbury were the producers. Right. So you got to give him the blame if right. you're giving so, him the credit. Unless he just let the guy make the mix after he gave him notes or something. I don't know. But to me, the mix is what kills this record. Without a doubt. Everything just seems like you stepped on a sandwich that was in the sun in the playground. That's yeah. what it feels like. And it does peanut butter and jelly sandwich, and you stepped on it, and all the, all the peanut butter and jelly came out of the sandwich. out of it. You're but right. you have the two pieces of bread with yeah. a little bit of peanut butter, a little bit of jelly, and You're a Making me top. hungry. Yeah, really. So <laughs> that's the way I look at this record for the sound. I don't mind some of the slickness of the band. Like I said, I wish he would use Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, but I don't mind. The only difference was that Eric Clapton's band had just come off a tour, mm. and they were too tight What's together. What's your number? Hold it. 
<laughs> and I think George fitting in there took a while because Maybe. the band was hot. I give it a seven, but I want to give it an eight. Okay. okay. Mitch? If you're going to use food analogies, um, <laughs> that's I'm no gonna, good. I got to know food allergies. I got to know so. food allergies. Uh, a, a food analogy. I would say that this is like the food they make for the recipe books where they take it, they make it, and then they put shellac on it to make it look really good. You know, mm. that's to me, it's too slick. So I don't want to eat the food. I want to listen to this album. I wanted it to be better. And only because of the production. I'm sorry, George, uh, wherever you are, I've got to blame you because you're the producer. I think it's too slick. I think uh, a little lazy at spots. I'm going to give it a six. And I wanted it to be better. And I'm going to end up kind of going right up the middle here and saying I was going to give it a six and a half for pretty much all the same reasons. The football. Nice. I diddle diddle. This time I think we go up the middle. This time I think we go up the middle. Thank, thanks again. Horse Hawk feathers. Uh, Chico, horse Chico, rather. Love that movie. I'm going to give it a six and a half for the same reasons. The backing vocalists each take a point off. <laughs> I cannot stand the backing vocals, and I can't stand the overall production of. But think of about the this album. band. You have you know, George. You have Steve Ferrone. Now plays with Tom Petty and the yes, Heartbreakers. Oh yeah. Greg yeah. Cooper, one of the best percussionists. He's Which you don't hear everyone. in the whole um, Greg. Phil and Gaines. Phil and Gaines. Who now plays with Ringo. Who's played with Ringo. Awesome. Keyboards. Awesome back, drummer. Chuck Lavelle, who's played with the Stones. Keyboard. Nathan East, who played bass. Right. Andy Featherweather Lowe, who's played with the Who, uh, among other bands. But it's back to the idea that, you know, who were these guys playing with? Greg, Phil and Gaines, Nathan East. These are all like the guys that are... Phil Collins' friends and Clapton friends, <laughs> which no all well, due respect to them, they but were this hanging is, out that time. These are so. the portraits of slickness. Yes. This is the portrait of slick it's players. LA slick. It's L.A. slick or or, you, or British slick. It's or it's, it's not Earl slick. It's Ringo it's, the Fourth again. Ringo the Fourth again. Sorry, exactly. And then, then you have Clapton, and then uh, the backing vocals is uh, Teresa Niles and Katie Cassano. Katie yeah. Cassano. Uh, and perfect so. if you want to hear the song "Pretending." Yeah, because that's a slick song Bingo. to begin with. Bingo. But then you, I can't Look see it what, for that's something. Right, and that's, and I Stop think, it. Mr. Axelrod, you just hit the nail on the head. You had a band coming off of a tour of what was a very slick Eric Clapton album coming in to do material that was already pre-existing. Yeah. The very Beatles different. weren't slick. They were ballsy. The Beatles weren't Sorry. slick. And right. George on his, on his solo stuff. Unless, well, well, you got a little jazzy yes, in, with some of them. Some of but stuff. most but of he, the stuff he chose here was not slick to begin no, with. Right. So this has been the Fab Four Free For All's look at George Harrison's live oh, in what Japan. Do you think, eh? I, I, well, well, we should think? say that out of all his reissues, this is the only one he did in five point one audio, right? And SACD, right. and, and SACD. Yes, right. yeah. um, we so it just sounds just, good, yeah. better than it did, but yeah. it still doesn't sound. And good. I'd like to hear it in five point one because in five point one you can actually separate. probably separate things a little more. Yeah. You have the vocalist. I will encourage everyone that if this comes out on video. Go out and get it because watching this as an, a video experience. Well, you can watch with it this audio mix on the uh, video that was put out separately. The DVD that was put out separately, right? And right. with the box set that they did uh, a few years back with the remastered uh, Warner Brothers stuff, there is some a couple really of songs. great. Well, yeah, yeah there's we, great. Well, stuff. we know yeah. it was, yeah. was video. So yeah, Tax so we'll, we'll see stuff. the whole thing at some point. I'm I sure. Hope so, but when you're seeing it visually, you can get a little more lost in it, and you're not. As affected by the slickness Danny, of it. Danny, please. So, yeah, Danny, please. And Olivia, let's do that. I love you. And uh, listening. for now, that is it from the guys. If you'd like to make your own comments, fab4freeforall at AOL.com. 
And Facebook and all that other good Facebook stuff. and all that other stuff. You know good where stuff. to find us already. And so come and find us. And that's us. why we're hiding. And, yeah, right. I there you hide. go. So with that in mind, we're going to say our farewells, Mr. Rob Leonard. Uh, goodbye and greetings and salutations. <laughs> and Mr. What? Mitch Axelrod. Go. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, hi, bye, and all that good stuff. We'll see you all soon. Fab Four Free For All was edited and produced by Tony Chiguardo at Word of Mouth Studios in Westbury, New York. The opening and closing theme is My Dolly by the band The Badge, featuring longtime listener Jeff Slate, available on its debut album Digital Retro and recent Best Of compilation, as well as from the Fab Four Free For All website. Thanks for listening to Fab Four Free For All. Do you put it in your CD? Where do you fit this in your CD collection? One, two, three, four. Sorry. <laughs> Why are you playing Stepping Out? I don't know. I just felt like it. <laughs> that had a lot of Spotify? Effort. It was here. What's that? On Spotify? No, it's in the cart. In the, all uh, right. We really have to... It's just a ram on with the ram for free for all. Ram on with the ram for free for all. Go. Oh, come on. <laughs> I'd say ram on with the ram. Instead of dun, 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 smile away and say, jealous guy. <laughs> Hey, Yoko, I'm just a jealous guy. Oh, well, God. That would be a funny thing if by accident we did that. Today we're going to ram on with the fat free frill, and then you, you know, I'm stepping. <laughs> no, we're not. Today, on, on today's show, it'll be just the two of us. Was that Amy Mann? Uh, yes, it was. That was the Amy Mann version. He's well, good. And Michael Penn. He's good. Oh, he's oh 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 he's good. Oh, so oh. I didn't realize that this came with a book, also. So oh, I feel bad. Because the book. George, George, get the dog out of here now. I'm doing a radio show.